up on Tech News Today, PayPal suing Google over trade secrets. iCloud's being conferred by pretty much everybody besides Apple. PlayStation's bringing service back to Asia. Nobody knows how to use iPad apps. And Zuckerberg on privacy. We'll get over it. All that and more coming up. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Tech News Today is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Tech News Today for Friday, May 27th, 2011. Tech News Today is brought to you by Netflix. Watch thousands of TV episodes and movies streamed to your PC, Mac, or TV instantly. Plus, get DVDs by mail in about one business day. For your free 30-day trial, go to netflix.com slash twit. Welcome to Tech News Today. I'm Sarah Lane. I'm Aya Zaktar. I'm Jason Howell. And this is the show where we kick around the tech news of the day along with all of you and try to make sense of it all. Ayaz and I have switched seats from the last time Tom was out, which wasn't that long ago. Last and I'm all screwed up. Well, that's okay. It's Friday. Tom's not here. It's and like I'm writing with my right hand or something. Friday, you Friday. Switching yeah. seats on Friday. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's sorry, what we're doing. Sorry. Thank, we're the... partying, partying. <laughs> it, well, there's Liquid Friday. And who better to enjoy Liquid Friday with us than one Patrick Beja? Patrick Beja. Hey. Wear, how's it going, everyone? Wearing Woo. his twit hat and everything. Yeah, see, I'm all corporate today you, for you a corporation yeah. I'm not a part of. It's like you belong to the man, man. <laughs> Uh, well, thanks for joining us. Um, it's uh, almost midnight there in, in France. Yeah. So uh, I believe you're participating in Liquid Friday as well. Yes, and I do have a drink uh, with me today. And I have to admit right now that I usually don't drink at all. So if my oh, arguments get, get more and more blurry as the show goes, that's why. Wonderful. So this show should go well, long. Then. We're happy to right. have enabled uh, incoherent behavior. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> That's what we do around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Fridays, actually, we do. Hey, Tom left. So that's, that's it's out of his it's hands. It's the Thomas episode. It is the Thomas episode. Tom, uh, he'll be back next week. He's uh, he's going to his nephew's graduation. So good reason nice to to bow out good of Liquid reason, Friday, although we always miss reasons. him. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I don't think it's good enough, but okay. Okay. <laughs> Our first story is about PayPal. Uh, who's mad? Uh, PayPal is mad specifically at Google because they say... Google stole our trade secrets. Um, specifically, PayPal is suing Google over trade secrets that... Uh, uh, okay, so there are a couple parts of this. Vice President of Google, his name is Osama Bedier. Bedier. We're, we're not exactly sure how he pronounces his last name, but he used to work at PayPal. And apparently, at a time where PayPal was... Um, was uh, trying to work out a deal uh, with Google that would, you know, they would work out a deal for payment options for mobile app purchases. Google or PayPal says, you were talking to Google at the time. You didn't let us know. And that's a no-no. You shouldn't have done that. And eventually he was poached by, PayPal alleges, Stephanie Tilenius, who's been in the news quite a bit this week because Google had their big Google wallet announcement yesterday. Coincidentally, the same day as this was filed by PayPal, or perhaps not coincidentally, hard to say, uh, saying, you poached him. You poached him from us. You used to be an employee of PayPal's as well, and that violates the contract that you signed with us, which is somewhat typical for companies when, when a, an employee leaves to go to another company that 
that could be seen as a rival. Often you sign a contract saying, I won't poach employees, or employees sign contracts saying, I won't go do what I'm doing here somewhere else. Um, is this pretty cut and dry? I mean, Ayaz, what do you think on a legal standpoint? Is PayPal have a chance? Well, this, I don't know if I can say anything definitively yet. I know that PayPal put up their entire lawsuit online, so you can go to their blog post and actually look at their giant filing here. Uh, PayPal suing Google and these two people individually, so they're coming after everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, if if uh, the vice president of Google, of Google Osama Bedier, if he did steal, you know, stuff that he learned over at PayPal, mm -hmm. that could be trouble. I mean, if it's really proprietary information, they were really trying to keep secret. Unless this is, he might have a, a knowledge base that is separate from what PayPal was working on, so he's allowed to transfer that information. But th if there was something particular that he was working on with PayPal. There's, you know, all those disclaimers, this is confidential information, PayPal, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. If it's that kind of situation, he might get in some trouble. Patrick, do you think this has anything to do with, with uh, Mr. Bidier and, uh, and Stephanie Telenius both being VPs at Google, so they're high up enough to really grind PayPal's gears with, when PayPal realizes that Google's doing something similar? I mean, would this happen, you know, in a more low-level engineering position? I, well, this is high-level stuff anyway, the whole uh, announcement by Google. So I think PayPal has been angry, angered by this whole thing, and maybe they were trying to get in on the deal at, at one point. I have no idea whether or not they have a, a, a leg to stand on on this, but it definitely feels like PayPal is angry, and they're like, the, the whole trade, agree, um, trade secret feels strange to me, and I don't know anything about it, but it's like, you're stealing our idea of transferring money for, in exchange for goods and services. That's horrible. Like, what can they have that is, is being used by Google? It's They came up with something. It seems like something different. I don't know. It seems like PayPal is just angry and suing for the heck of suing, keeping in mind that I don't have any idea about all of this on a technical level. Yeah, pay PayPal is not talking about what these trade secrets are, and neither is Google. Uh, they responded, uh, but they didn't. They didn't give us any indication of what what trade secrets they say they didn't infringe on. Uh, in fact, in a response, they said Silicon Valley. This is Google. Silicon Valley was built on the abilities of individuals to use their knowledge and expertise to seek better employment opportunities. An idea recognized by both California law and public policy. We respect trade secrets and will defend ourselves against these claims. So it sounds like. It's, it's trade secrets, or is it just, hey, this is the way that the business is going? Well, trade secrets, again, is a, is a weird piece of intellectual property law. Like with patents, you have to file them, and with and trademarks and, and, and uh, copyrights, you actually have documents that you could look at. Trade secrets, like something like the Coke formula is a trade secret, how they put it together. Now, as long as they're taking steps to hide that, and they actually are trying to make it a secret, like mm -hmm. that's the weird thing, they actually have to try. As long as they do that, that thing can be considered a trade secret. So even if... PayPal was kind of working on an idea about mobile payments, that might be enough to be a trade secret. I, I guess what, they, what PayPal would be able to do is recognize, hey, that's the exact same thing we were working on on a mobile payment, but we'll have to wait and see. I have to say, the, the, the case that PayPal makes against Osama Bedier saying, listen, you were in direct negotiations, a partnership that PayPal and Google were talking about, about this very specific, you know, these trade secrets were being discussed. Um, under wraps, and at the same time, you were talking to Google about going over to work for them. That does look kind of bad. I mean, I don't know if he was legally obligated to let PayPal know that he was fishing around for another job, but it is, it's is—it's an unfortunate timing, if that's the case, because, of course, he knows that they know, and then he's going to go work for the other team. 
There, there definitely seems like there is some ethically muddy areas that they're delving into here, but it also feels like, I mean, poaching happens all the time in, in Silicon Valley and, and everywhere else. And the company whose employees have been poached are never happy and always invoke some kind of, uh, you know, um, no working for the other guy clause in their contract. I think usually they're not enforceable to the extent that the company uh, would like but uh, I don't know. Is that is it, is there a possibility, Is that this is actually a, a case where there would be a legitimate way for Google to ask these employees to come work for them without uh, uh, provoking a, a valid lawsuit on on PayPal's part? Well, that that all really depends on the the contracts that that uh, PayPal had with this VP at one point when they mm. when they split up. I mean, it, it really we. I couldn't say anything definitively unless I see the actual documents. So, so we don't I'll go with the lawyer answer of can't say anything right now. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to more details about Apple's iCloud music service, or at least that's what everyone besides Apple has decided to call it. Whether or not it'll be called iCloud remains to be seen. Uh, but, but more speculation and, and perhaps fact coming out that iTunes, you know, you've got, you've got uh, music in your iTunes library. Perhaps with Apple's deals uh, that they are, have secured with at least three of the big guys, Universal being the fourth of the music labels that apparently things are still in negotiations but going well uh, with, uh, that cloud service uh, could scan your collection, your home collection, and then mirror the collection on its servers. So no uploading necessary, which we've talked about in the, fact, but, uh, in the past. But low bit rate versions of songs, let's say songs that you ripped and they're just not very good quality or maybe just crappy versions of songs that you got back in the Napster days, you know, where there would be little hits and just sort of like artifacty um, uh, song files could be replaced with higher quality versions in Apple's Cloud Locker. So you actually get an upgrade to your collection. Now, what's interesting about this is that it's like, well, okay, so... Why would Apple do that? Everybody wins. Well, if they were to offer something like a subscription model, like a monthly subscription model um, that you would pay for to have access to these songs, then it's almost as if these labels get money for some of those low-quality songs that you may not have paid for in the past. The labels just want to get money flat mm -hmm. out. And the funny thing is how, how often they've butted heads with Apple, and now it looks like Apple's going to, going to set up a deal with them that makes them the most amount of money. Because, I mean, other details about the other services uh, came out. Google's attempted deal, they tried to pay the record labels $100 million to the four labels for licenses, but the deal fell apart because the labels were concerned that Google's search results kept pointing to pirated music. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, Apple, this Apple's approach to this, where there's no upload necessary, I know that with Google Music, it takes a while to send something up, up to the cloud. If you've got mm -hmm. Amazon, same thing. It's all really dependent on your upload speeds. With this kind of scan and match, which didn't Lala do scan yeah, and match? Absolutely. Which what this would probably be based on. I mean, this this would really give them a quick advantage because they don't have again, Apple doesn't have to have five hundred versions of a song. They only need to have one. And the fact that they're gonna have high quality ones, that makes sense too. And the the recognition getting money for pirated songs in the in the old days, I mean this it, it's almost it's almost exactly what the labels want. Yeah, but they're also when you think about it that way, they're also getting uh, money for pirated songs in the new days, in, in the current uh, day. I mean, 
I guess when I read this, I was like, okay, well, people who have had, you know, experience and, and plenty of experience pirating music and, you know, they're changing their ways now and they're, pay, they're paying for music. This almost kind of turns the tide backwards a little bit because it, then it kind of legitimizes the fact that, well, if I have pirated music in my library, it doesn't matter because they get paid it because I pay this monthly service, but they're not necessarily going to be paid the same that they would if you flat out bought the I CD, think, right? I think the labels are happy just to get some money. Just to uh, get something? Because it's like, hey, if, and, and by the way, I mean, you could have low quality versions of songs that weren't pirated. You just have to assume that many of them may have been. But the labels in the past, it's like, hey, you know, if I pirate your CD or, you know, if I download a bunch of stuff illegally, they don't get anything. Uh, if I then sign up f uh, for Apple's uh, music service, iCloud, and I'm paying Apple nine ninety nine a month, and they're paying the record label something, mm -hmm. well, somehow that money gets accounted for. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it, anyway. Some of that money. Patrick, do you think we, that this we, is like the new mobile me? I mean, could we see this be turning into a, a larger cloud service that encompasses music and 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 oh, bookmarks yeah. and all that stuff? Absolutely. I think it's, it's long past due that Apple's gets really much deeper into that whole cloud service. Uh, and I think it's also necessary in order to uh, give some sort of uh, easier way to sync all the your mobile devices that they're into. So I think we're going to see something there. Um, but just to, to go back to the um, better version of pirated music, we don't really know which song is going to be enabled because it might be that it's only the songs that you bought through iTunes. It might be that you don't, mm -hmm. you know, um, you don't get any song that you downloaded from Napster 10 years ago or, or whatever. You know, it, it hasn't been confirmed that they would scan your whole library. Actually, nothing's been confirmed, so we don't really right, know. Right, right. Thanks for clarifying um, that. This is just a report we saw on Business Week, and this is mm -hmm. making the rounds online a lot. But I mean, considering WWDC is coming up really soon, mm -hmm. this looks yeah. like this is going to happen because we've been reading about the deals for a while. And, yeah. and the it, time is right. I mean, you know, Google and Amazon have both rolled out their cloud with their cloud music services with a lot of fanfare and hype. I mean, this, something like this, uh, you know, I hate to say could kind of steal the limelight, but at the same time, it could really help in this regard for everybody else that's that's kind of playing well it will also force i mean the 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 music industry we've talked about in the past not that long ago just really hated apple so, you know apple was mm -hmm. just a thorn in their side they were ruining everything and now it's like well yeah. you google isn't no hasn't choice. come to an agreement they you know they worked with the with the labels for a better part of a year offered them a lot of money labels like nah still not good enough because you're google and the search results could be an issue Amazon just said, screw it, we're just going to do our own thing. Well, if Apple has enough success with this and nobody wants to use a storage locker that doesn't have actual deals with the labels and you're not getting better versions of your songs, et cetera, it kind of forces Amazon and Google to just get on board, suck it up. Those, yeah, what, what an fees. incredible, incredible turn of events. I mean, again, if all of this gets, gets confirmed, but... For Apple, I mean, obviously, we all know that they have been very successful in, in their design and the way they thought out all of these devices. But this really was completely unexpected. And the way things have gone with the music uh, labels and Amazon and Google just makes this whole situation perfect, perfect for Apple to announce it now. So mm -hmm. honestly, uh, it's it's... They must be so incredibly happy of the way things have turned out. It's really, really lucky for them if things, you know, are, are actually way. about to, yeah.
Well, we've got some good news from Sony, and this is the second day in the row in a row, actually, that we haven't had a Oh, you mean I need to play the drop? No, 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 no. No, no, no. no, no it's good good no, news. It's actually a oh, it's okay. a non Sony hack story. Okay. Uh I'm, brace I'm just, yourselves. I'm itching to play that. I know, drop. I know. It's like we've got this neat thing now, and now Sony's <laughs> turning it all around on us. Uh, apparently they're partially restarting the PlayStation Network operations. In Asia, starting tomorrow. Um, and there's some details, aren't there, Ayaz, of what exactly they're giving folks? Yeah, they're going, well, first, the service is coming back to Japan, Taiwan, Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand. Uh, Korea and Hong Kong have to wait till further notice. And there's a welcome back package similar, similar to the U.S. You get two games out of five. The titles might be a little different, but you can check out the details at Sony. And uh, the, the other thing is, play, the whole PlayStation Network worldwide is expected to come back at least during an investor meeting, this was, somebody at Sony said this, by the end of May, or if we're late, it'll only be a, by a matter of days. So probably, I'd say by June 5th. Does anyone know the, the whole welcome back package that includes a couple of free games? You can only claim those games once the store is back. Is that right? I think so. I mean, because I've tried to log on and on my PS3 to get into the store to claim those games because I know they had like a month deadline or uh -huh. something. So I'm wondering how that deadline is affected if the store still isn't up for me to get those. Yeah, games. I can't. And everybody imagine. in the chat room is saying yes. Yeah. I'd imagine a they, month from when. Well, they could back. Kind of abuse yeah. you. Can you imagine? I was well, like, we I'm going to miss you a it. month. Yeah, totally. uh, but you had 15 of days. Which, uh, of which we were only had the store up for two days. They so. might try to bend over backwards to make you happy for this one. You might, yeah. they, you might think that. Wouldn't that be nice? All right, we've got more news, including some good news, at least for some folks from HTC. But first, we want to thank. Netflix for being a sponsor of our show. We love Netflix. And if you're not familiar with Netflix, oh, who are we kidding? You know what Netflix is. It's the way to instantly stream movies to your PC or your Mac or, or your uh, Netflix-enabled TV or your Apple TV or your Xbox 360. The list goes on. There's so many ways to instantly stream Netflix movies uh, to, your, to your home or when you're away or when you're on vacation or, or anything. You know, it's, it's, it's the best way to watch movies. If you're not into that whole instant streaming thing, that's cool, too, because they'll send DVDs right to your house, to the mailbox of your choice, in fact. Many, many titles to choose from, including Pink Panther 2, starring Steve Martin. And if that's not your, your cup of tea, you can have multiple uh, cues. So that's let's right. say I was living, my, my wife has a totally different taste than I do. Well, I could go and, and watch the horror movies on my queue, and she could pick uh, something with Bridget Jones in it. There you go. Yeah, so you don't, you, you don't have to have your queue hijacked by exactly. your wife. Because that just makes things uncomfortable at home. And, you know, if you've already got a Netflix account, um, and obviously a lot of you do because you guys know that Netflix is rad, consider it as a gift. Um, it's graduation season. Tom is, is, in, uh, is in Illinois right now watching his nephew's graduation or getting ready to anyway. This would be a great gift for somebody whose birthday's coming up or who just graduated or, or, or your dad for Father's Day. Like, give him, a, give him a year of Netflix. But if you're not convinced, that's okay because you can try it out free for 30 days. That's 30 days of cramming as many movies and TV series as possible um, into your free uh, trial subscription. Try it out now. One month free. It's easy. You just need an email address and you can get going. We thank them very much for sponsoring us. Again, netflix.com slash twit is how they know that you came to Tech News Today, the best show in the world. In the history of the world. In the history of the world. Not just now. Ever. ever. Yeah. Netflix is the thing that makes me want to be American. Really? Or live in live in America. That's at least. it, huh? Well, yeah. you're welcome. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, moving on now to something it's it's sort of a it's a it's a story that was going to upset folks, but now it has changed 
and now folks are happy about it. I'm, of course, talking about HTC dissolving their whole locked bootloader policy, which created a lot of controversy and a Facebook uprising. That's right. On the Facebook, uh, HTC's Facebook page, the president of HTC announced that HTC will no longer be locking bootloaders on its devices. Now, th there had been this controversy because HTC said, yeah, we're going to do this. But since they make a lot of Android devices, I mean, people love this because that means you can have custom ROMs. It also means that if you don't like the HTC Sense, you can just throw it out. And the other thing is, this puts a lot of pressure on other companies out there like Motorola, who locks down everything. So if you want a, a customizable Android experience, HTC is starting to look better and better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the funny thing is you'd ask a lot of people what a locked bootloader is and they'd have no idea. But the, just the passionate uh, outcry from tr like real Android fanboys and just fans of the Android platform in general uh, to get this overturned. I mean, it basically, the announcement happened, uh, you know, came to light with the Evo 3D that was coming out, you know, it was going to be super locked down and they realized it's kind of a, a change for HTC before they were locked but they were you know, still exploitable and they kind of turned, turned the other eye so you were able to do whatever you wanted with them. Well, with, with the sensation in the Evo 3D, they were going to go full-on lockdown uh, with uh, requiring signature checks and everything. I mean, you know, that came out Tuesday. Uh, a revolt happened on Wednesday, and here we are on Friday. They're completely changing their policy going forward, which is just huge. HTC makes tons of Android phones and devices, so yeah. for them to make this kind of change is kind of a beacon for all the other hardware manufacturers like Motorola that really lock their devices down kind of goes against the ethos of Android. And this really tick off all the carriers. If you have an HTC exclusive phone that has an exclusive kind of application or something, now you mm -hmm. can get it on every HTC phone because you can just root it and start well, I over. I think HTC would probably take a PR nightmare like this less seriously if it hadn't gotten so many comments and likes, at least on the Facebook page, in such a short amount of time. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've seen Facebook pages with many likes and many comments. It's not that unique. But for 2,000 comments and 7,000 likes within a span of, you know, 24 to 48 hours, totally. they got to step back and think, uh, just think of how bad this could be if we waited a week. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's bad PR really counts for a lot, especially online. I mean, we see that all the time. It'll be interesting to see how this, uh, how their relationship with carriers, you know, takes place going forward. You know, if these carriers have certain restrictions, HTC right now has kind of put their money where they or you know, needs to put their money yeah. where their mouth is because they're saying no more going forward. Does that hurt their relationships in the future? Because they're pretty much on all platforms right now. The carriers, if somebody does root their phone and if something goes wrong and they said, yeah, HTC yeah, said we could do it, issue. are you going to be calling the carrier or are you going to call HTC? I mean, somebody's going to have to uh, pick up the slack for this kind of thing. But then again, if you know what's going on and you, you hear the words unlocked bootloader and you're going to root your phone, you might not need customer support. It's a chance, small chance. Right. I'm wondering if they could sell the unlocked versions of the phones for more money. Hmm. Okay. You evil, no, evil man. <laughs> Why would you say such a thing, maybe Patrick Bishop? <laughs> maybe that's the policy. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. Sell, we have the unlocked ones for 50 extra dollars. <laughs> How much is it worth to you? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, do you boy. like locked things or do you want this door to open? <laughs> 50 bucks, please. All right, moving on to some good news for Microsoft. Apparently, according to Citigroup, Microsoft, they've got a shot. A shot in the Talbot market, that is. And they could have meaningful market share by 2013, in fact. The, the analysts based their prediction on Windows 8 being customized for tablets. And they say, of course, this is dependent upon Microsoft's ability to to be competitive, to have a competitive operating system on partner hardware. That's priced competitively. But all that aside, as long as that all goes well, they're gonna be they're they're gonna win. Is or it, at least be, you know, in top three. 
theoretically, if they have a UI that people like, mm -hmm. and their hardware partners price their 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 devices competitively, mm -hmm. they might have a chance for meaningful market share, whatever that means. Because the thing is, by 2013, the iPads what up to version four, right? Then Android devices could be who knows where right. at that point, and maybe Rim gets its act together and they have a real market share at that point. I mean, if maybe if nothing changes between now and 2013, maybe this is true. But considering I figure the other companies are probably going to progress during that time. Well, I made a joke about top three, but it's like, I guess we could say iOS, Android, and RIM are in the top Don't three. Don't forget HP's WebOS. Well, so, that I mean, too. They, yeah, HP's so I guess got it's... a lot of market. I mean, power. They can be in like Walmarts and Staples and, and, and a lot of chains that, uh, you know, that other companies don't get it, get into. So maybe it's WebOS, oh. RIM, and Microsoft competing for third place. The bronze. I don't know. Yeah. Patrick, what do you think? I mean, do, this, all kidding aside, 2013, got a couple years. Yeah, I mean, like? it's no, I mean, th this analysis is basically if all goes well, then maybe all is going to go well. It doesn't it really doesn't mean anything. But um, Microsoft is might not be too late. Of course, it's Microsoft. You know, they could get their start in in 10 years and still not be too late. Once one thing's for certain, they're late. Uh, the, the question is, how late are they? And of course, if Windows 8 becomes super tablet customized and they could definitely have a shot. I mean, again, it's Microsoft. They have more money than many other people. It, it, of course, they could turn this thing around. Uh, the question is, you know, whether they are going to. The possibility, it's obvious. That's right. Microsoft has been late to the game for a lot of things. The internet browsers and mm -hmm. they got huge market share there. I mean, the Xbox was, I mean, they, when Microsoft sure. came into the video game yeah. market, they didn't thought that invent means? that and whole idea. And actually, yeah. actually making a dent in market share. So it's possible, but yeah. yeah. Well, do not, do not discount Microsoft ever. It would be a really big mistake. Then again, Jeff in our chat room said, ah, that whole tablet fad will be over by 2013 anyway. We'll be so on the palm top computers. Maybe he knows something we don't. Exactly. All the uh, flexible OLED, you know, wristband things. It'll be like, remember 2010, 2011? When we thinking? all carried around these silly bricks. We called them tablets. People were fighting about which one was the best. Ha! I love that Microsoft had the tablet PCs back in like 2002 and nobody wanted them. Yeah. They're late to the game that they invented back <laughs> in 2002. <laughs> they're late to their own party by That's... many years. All right, moving on to Mark Zuckerberg who says, Hey, no one ever thought about this before. Privacy anxiety doesn't really last forever. People get upset about privacy and then they get over it. Yeah, That's just how it works. Speaking at the EG8 forum about privacy, Mark Zuckerberg had well, kind of a quote that's almost unreadable, but the, the gist of it was, we've introduced features in Facebook a lot that people think, oh, this is invading our privacy. But after a while, they get cool with it. It's okay. You know? and, and it's this, it becomes normal for people to just kind of give up privacy. So there's really no reason to worry about everyone getting upset. I mean, a million people got mad about the whole newsfeed feature in 2006. Mm -hmm. And back then, that was like 10% of Facebook, which is mind-boggling how, how, how large it is now. Uh, do you guys think that Mark Zuckerberg and privacy, I mean, his, I, his approach to privacy I is think Mark Zuckerberg, he, and, and you, you mentioned that the quote was sort of unreadable because he's not necessarily the most eloquent public speaker. Um, and that's it's become something that, that, very he's nice been, way to say that he has been known for that. So you read that, and it's very easy to go, ah, oh, one more example of how he just doesn't care about privacy and doesn't listen to folks but he has a point people get really upset about all sorts of things especially online 
they you know they rally together and we're we're going to boycott Facebook. We're going to change our account. We're going to close everything. Facebook is over. And then they get over it, and that happens with with things besides Facebook. It's you get a lot of it voices together. With everything it does. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many peaks and valleys as far as yeah. as what could what gets people excited, and then what people ditch for the next big thing. And I think that Mark Zuckerberg is smart enough to know that if he if Facebook really believes that they have a feature that in the long run is better for people. Um, that it's the people who fear change that will be loud and squawky, and then the, they will get over it. I'm not saying he's right, but I'm saying that that's, I mean, he's, he understands behavior well enough. Uh, a privacy expert he, he, said that uh, human behavior is peer-driven, and people will go along with what, what their peers believe is the norm. So theoretically, if you leave something there long enough, yeah. it becomes the norm. And everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, yeah, I, it's, it, I mean, it's absolutely true that that people will get over it, uh, quote unquote. Uh, but it's it's there's also another part to his statement, which is basically what he's implying is, well, privacy doesn't really matter all that much. And I wouldn't go that far on that part of it. I mean, people are becoming a little bit more aware about privacy. And I'm not saying they don't want to share information, but I think that we are going to need more knowledge about what information is shared, not just for Facebook, but, you know, for all these services. So there might be a little bit of wishful thinking in his uh, in his statement. Absolutely. For now, the news feed stays and everybody's okay with it. Well, most of us anyway. Um, All right. So we talked about tablets Um, in the iOS world. It turns out that no one has any idea how to use iPad apps. Nope. Nope. There was a study uh, performed by the Nielsen Norman Group, nothing to do with Nielsen ratings, people. Uh, they issued uh, a, a, um, a study called Usability of iPad Apps and Websites, and it shined a little light, shone a little light on how people are using the tablet. Apparently, when controls aren't extremely obvious, you know, there's not an obvious back button, for example, people get very lost. Um, the problem, uh, and and they don't want to learn special special gestures. You know, a lot of apps they try to distinguish themselves from other apps by by doing cool things that you won't see on any other app. Well, Nielsen says that just confuses people. They don't want splash screens. They don't want things to load longer than twenty seconds. Sounds are awful. You know, the daily has a sound every time you start it up. If you're a, if you're a daily reader. Um, and Nielsen says, you know, people don't like any of that stuff. It's just confusing to them. The problem that I have uh, with this study is that some of the apps that they put in front of folks um, as, you know, comparing them to each other are very different. I mentioned the Daily app, but they also gave the Flipboard app to folks. Amazon's app, I mean, that's an online store. Flipboard is sort of like, in a way, you know, a pretty RSS reader uh, the NPR app, I mean, it's heavily focused on podcasts and, and streaming audio. Um, you know, th- these are these are apps that aren't supposed to work like each other. So I could see where people could say, yeah, they work really differently. And so we're confused, but they don't work like websites. Well, the daily and Flipboard are kind of, I could see a person seeing that as the same thing. Like, okay, you're going to be able to read content one way or another, right? That, that's the, base, uh, the gist of it. Flipboard mm-hmm. is just curated content from your friends. And then using something like, what's the other app? Uh, I just totally blanked on it. Uh, NPR. Well, yeah, NPR, another way you get content. So it's, it's a lot of content, uh, I guess, cons- consumption. Well, but the daily, I mean, the whole idea with the daily is you can't get the daily through Flipboard. You can't get it anywhere outside of the daily. So, I mean, well, that's a very unique. I think the daily had like a home icon. So people didn't realize that was a back button or being able to go back. So when these things aren't shaped like buttons, people aren't, they're not seeing these things. 
like they're saying uh, in the study, it's a 116-page study, by the way, which is a free download. If you want to read the PDF, <laughs> you can. Nothing I would rather do. Well, this you know, long Memorial long, Weekend. Long Weekend. You know, you could, read, you could read it every single day, but the non-obvious controls are often missed. I know, I think Flipboard or one of the competitors now, if you want to read an article, you can kind of pinch or open it up that mm -hmm. way so you can read the articles. I, I, I find myself trying every gesture with every app yeah. because I don't Just know. Just to figure did out you, how it goes. You had this clever idea. It's like, mm. And nobody's watching the videos, by the way. When they have demo videos to explain how the app works, nobody actually bothers to look at It's like look reading at them. the terms of service. You just go, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah I'll figure it out. out, I'll figure it out. Uh, you know I what that study, that study says? It, it tells us that no matter you know, what level of complexity that we uh, think normal people can handle, you have to divide this by 10. Mm -hmm. Or even more, you know, people really, really don't know how to use tech things like tech people do. I, I, I got my mom an iPhone a couple of uh, a year ago or so, and I was, you know, thinking she can install apps and do this and that is going to be fun. And I, I, when I tried to explain to her how to install an app, I realized that even that sort of required a prior knowledge of how technology works in order to fully comprehend it immediately. So it's beyond the fact that apps work differently. I think what this study shows is apps as such need to be even more simpler yeah. uh, or mm -hmm. even simpler as <laughs> someone who speaks English correctly would put it uh, than, than what we take for, for, you know, for normal kind of uh, usage. Yeah, because there is such a thing as designing a UI or an interface like like just the iPhone in general and the UI of the, of the iPhone. I remember when it first came out, people were like, you don't have to learn how to use it. You just kind of instinctively know the right motions to do after you play around with it for a couple of minutes. And if we can get apps to that point, that, that's kind of what you're going for. Yeah. I think apps shouldn't try to be too clever. No. It's like, look, if you, if you want people to <laughs> see that it's a back button and that's the home button, just call it that. Don't don't make it clever with a pretty little icon that nobody re actually you've sees. You've got to set yours apart from everybody else. Well, see, that's the thing, too, is that apps are still a new concept, and everyone's yeah. trying out new stuff. And, yeah, and, and companies do want to distinguish themselves and stand out and be cool and different. And it's almost like the early days of the Internet where, you know, web pages could be all over the place. Well, there, there became, after some time, when certain sites had more success with folks and people liked the design better, that... Things, especially, you know, news blogs, for example, they all started having a lot of the same features with with different headers, you know, and different logos. But for the most part, they were all laid out in a way that was helpful to people. You could find the comments area. I think the apps will probably start moving in that direction where somebody will get it right and everyone else will sort of go, okay, yeah, That's we, can, how you do it. we <laughs> can start making these changes as well. Yeah. Um, but so you're said, saying that we're in the we're in the animated GIF era of the of the <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying uh except that they're uh, splashy startup screens when you launch an app it's it, nielsen has a bunch of suggestions too of what people should and should not do when making an app and some of it is like don't make ipad apps as if they were iphone apps well some some of those actually work really well as both so i don't know that that's necessarily just this blanket, blanket. advice mm -hmm. that everyone you know should be getting when they're considering making apps but is definitely something to consider. Yeah. Apps are just, apps are hard. And with that, on to the news views. Run! Panic! <laughs> uh, 
Oh, time to give credit where credit is due because the Stuxnet worm that wound up infecting a whole bunch of computers in Iran, as you may recall, may have been the work of the United States Department of Defense. In a CNBC documentary, Deputy Defense Secretary William Lynn was twice asked directly if the U.S. was involved. His first response didn't really answer the question. And the second response was, <clears throat> this is not something that we're going to be able to answer at this point. Nice poker face. Ooh. Flickr announced that it would hold onto users' photos for 90 days after a user deletes their account. Flickr says it's doing this to help users in case they change their mind and they want their pictures back. Somewhere out there, privacy advocates are just like foaming at the mouth. How dare you <laughs> hang on to my stuff? Privacy. HCC's Android phones are making a lot of money for Microsoft. What? Yep. Thanks huh? to a patent settlement between the companies, Microsoft gets five bucks from HTC for every HTC Android handset sold. CT analysts estimate that Microsoft made $150 million thanks to HTC's sell sales numbers. Sorry. The same analyst estimates that Microsoft only made $30 million uh, from Windows phone sales. Hmm. Hmm. Microsoft's, why Microsoft's going after like, all the companies Android. then. Can't figure out for the life of me why they'd be going after the they, other companies. They will never be late to anything. They make money from everywhere. <laughs> Speaking of Microsoft, some Skype users were stymied by connection issues yesterday. Skype told users to delete an XML file to fix the problem. They've also released new versions of the app for Windows and OS X. That should take care of the problem. So, you know, if you're, if you're used to complaining about Skype, then... You can't oh, really complain be, about this anymore. What, what There'll if, be some other reason later on. Yeah, what if you're still on the old version? Does this affect you at all? No, I'd keep complaining. <laughs> Sony VP and CFO Masuro Kato said that the PS4 is in development right now. In March, president of Sony Computer Entertainment Kaz Harai said the PS4 was not arriving in the near future. The PS3 was introduced back in 2006 and was expected to have a 10-year life cycle. But maybe Sony wants people to forget about the last couple of months. They're like, here, shiny new hardware. <laughs> Lotsis, the patent holdings company that went after iOS developers over in-app purchases, isn't playing favorites. According to a Google Groups thread, Lotsis is now gunning for Android developers over the same patents. Apple has already backed its devs. Google will probably do the same. Lotsis, they're, they're equal opportunity. They're making lots of friends. Oh. Yes, for themselves. Twitter CEO Dick Costolo is going to the White House. Well... An advisory committee, anyway. U.S. President Barack Obama plans to appoint Costolo and others in the tech sector to the National Security Telecommunications Advisory Committee, which will hold regular meetings entirely via Twitter. I'm just kidding about that last part. Actually, I don't know. Maybe be they very will. very efficient that way. Yeah, yeah keep They'd it short. They have to be efficient. Short and sweet. Nokia may be partnering with Microsoft to build Windows Phone 7 devices, but Stephen Elop, Nokia's CEO, says a Symbian will receive updates at least until 2016. So if you're a diehard Symbian user, you'll be taken care of until 2016. Mm. Now, it's time to press the randomizer. Randomizer. We've talked a little bit about Facebook in this show, and it turns out that kids love it. Kids love the Facebook if they're over 13, of course, because under 13 can't use it. They love it so much, in fact, that the majority of kids polled would rather lose their sense of smell than lose access to Facebook. That's right, everyone. Kids don't want to smell anything as long as they can get on Facebook and upload pictures. Fresh, freshly cut grass. 
Yeah. 53% of, of, of young people, 16 to 22, would do this. I mean, I, I think they're a little short-sighted. I mean, when you, when you have a cold, you can't taste anything. So if you lose your sense of smell, you lose your sense of taste. Do you think it's because kids, at least on the, on the who was the, the youngest, were 16 in mm -hmm. this group? So people are, like, just starting to wear cologne and perfume, and they haven't gotten, like, 10 years into the future where you go, you smell that smell and say... Oh, it was like my first boyfriend in high all school. It smells like Dracar Noir. Oh, the nostalgia of the smell. Maybe kids don't, they don't understand how powerful it can be yet. They need to get a little older. You're saying the kids are short-sighted? I'm saying kids don't understand. Yes, I am. Kids today, okay, you're who answer surveys? <laughs> you're, you're, you're being, it's, it's easy to make fun of this, but let me ask you another question that That's what we did. I think the answer might be interesting. Uh, blah. So, question: uh, <laughs> Would you would you rather rather lose your sense of smell or be uh, forbidden from using the internet forever? Ooh, mm. Mm. well, use internet, it, but not smell way. things. And you can yeah, get so a text that, that, message but, to re you know, remind you of internet, something without smell things. Well, okay. No, when you put not, it that not, way, putting aside the sense of taste, you know, let's not link those. Just but, but they, are they are linked. They are linked. They are linked. That's All just right, science. Fine. I, I choose internet. Guys, come on. I did too. <laughs> when, when I was sick, that's what I, I gave up my sense of smell, just to breathe. All right. Basically, yeah, aphrin, you mm -hmm. use it enough times, you, I, can't, I can't. I guess the sense of smell is one of those senses that you don't really need, like uh, to live. What if your building was on fire and smoke is the, what you smell so that you can get out of the, the, the apartment well, fast enough just, to save your own or life? Or you, you just get a Twitter update that reads your building. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's what you do. You're fine. Okay. All right. In all seriousness, if it, if the internet was going to go away unless I lost my nose, maybe I would say internet. But Facebook alone, no. I'm mm. sorry. Facebook but for, for is not that important those kids, to me. Facebook is the internet. Well, it shouldn't be. Magnavit, <laughs> it shouldn't be. How about that calendar? So, so the, the takeaway of all this is we should teach the kids that Facebook is not the internet. That's right. That, yeah. that's Maybe Facebook, Facebook will introduce is a smell. A part app. of a big, big world, everybody. Sniff away. All right, moving on to the calendar. Du, 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 du. Wait. <laughs> there we go. Oh, good. I like it so much better when it's when it's uh, it actually not happens. us. Uh, U.S. Uncut is planning Apple Store protests on June uh, June fourth over a tax law. So U.S. Uncut is an organization. They fight companies that they think try to avoid taxes, and they're planning to target Apple retail stores on the 4th, protesting the company's support of the Win America campaign. The group wants Apple to leave that campaign, which it claims is lobbying Congress for what would end up being a $4 billion tax cut for the company, and they don't want any of them tax loopholes. So, you know, if you're going to go to the Apple store on June 4th, maybe you'll see a picket line. step over one of those people. Or, yeah. Or just, just you know, be a scab. There's probably three of them. Cross the store. line. EA is putting uh, its iOS catalog on sale for Memorial Day, and I think we couldn't really we couldn't really figure this out. I, I think it's worldwide. I don't think it's U.S. only. Although obviously Memorial Day is a U.S. holiday, I think everyone may benefit. So that's good. The World Wide Web Consortium has reached an important point in the long long journey to standardize HTML5, the next version of the hypertext markup language used to describe web pages. HTML5 originally reached, officially uh, rather, reached last call status this week, which means the W3C believes it's got a version of the specification mature enough for organizations to decide whether to express support. Very good. Wow. 
That's good that's, work. Yeah. Good work consortium. That's the HTML5 we've been talking about for five years, right? Exactly. Something yeah. like that. It's been a okay. long, hard road. We have a voicemail from Kevin in Texas who has an idea for NFC. Take it away, Kevin. ATT crew, love the show. This is Kevin from Texas. I heard, uh, watched Show 250, heard you talk about near-field communication devices, and I think that's a really cool thing. But you guys always talk about using them at a store or a convenience store or a gas station or something like that. What about at home? I'd like to have a USB near-field reader so that I could buy something on the web like Amazon or maybe plug it into my PS3 uh, to buy stuff from Sony and just wave my phone next to it. That way, if somebody broke into my house, they'd have to have the reader, they'd have to have my phone, and uh, my credit card information wouldn't be exposed anywhere. Let's hope they do something like that. Thanks. Love the show. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'd like to thank Kevin for a very dense yet fast message <laughs> with a really smart point. Kevin, you're great. Yeah, you're natural. We love you. And and your point Call again. was great. Yeah. You should be a professional voicemailer. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, voicemail, sure, but the uh, the phone, it's re not really that different from a credit card. So if, sure, your yeah. information is not going to be lying around in your wallet, but it's going to be on your phone and it's going to be transmitted to the vendor in the same way that your credit card number would be transmitted. So I'm not sure it's it's as different from cre credit cards as we think it is. It could very well be a credit card with an NFC chip in it. It would be the same thing. I think it was just talking about the convenience factor. Like if you want to buy something on Amazon and you had a little... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even, <laughs> yeah, even if you store your credit card information, there would be more clicks all told to buy something... Would you like Amazon to tap to buy? than just to 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 wave a phone to wave a thing, yeah. in front of the web screen. I mean, yes. Well, if you don't have to confirm it, then every time you, you your phone goes by your your little reader thing, you buy something you didn't want to. Well, that, but no, that's okay. happy, I'm just being silly. Those now. are happy accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Downloadable content. Whoops, a, a new Mac Pro for me. All right. Well, I can't That'd take be it great back. For the wish list. Uh, I guess it'd be like a little genie. You walk by it. Exactly. All right, so we got one email from Scott Clay. It's a bit of a long one, so let's go. TNTers, listened to the commentary on the upcoming Android video game console announced by Invision or Invision. I don't even know how we said it. One important thing I noticed in the press releases you didn't specifically address was that there are where these games are coming from. Since this device will be using a modified version of Android and will not meet Google's requirements, they will not get access to Google's Google services, including the Android marketplace. This is, I think, intentional for this company to have their own marketplace so developers can create games for the system. And then he goes on to talk about this. We didn't talk about the Evo 2 actually having its own marketplace, considering mm -hmm. if you try to use Android games on a television, you probably would have a problem. You wouldn't be able to use a touchscreen device. You'd just have this uh, Xbox-like controller. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, if it's not a Google-approved device, it'll have its own, its own marketplace. What do you think, Patrick? Are you going to buy one of these guys? Um, I don't know. I mean, if, if basically what he's saying is it's just one other new console. Um, it's an interesting concept. As always, we'll have to see what games uh, come out because this is what really matters for a new system. All right. Well, you can email us at tnt at twit.tv like Scott Clay did and give us a very good uh insight into whether or not Invision is on to something. You can, of course, call us as... At 260. Who called us? Kevin from Kevin. Texas. What is the number, I 260 TNT Show. That's right. There we or go. Of course, you could send us a video. We haven't played a video in a while, but we always welcome them. Yeah, so upload that to YouTube. 
and then we will take a look at that. Don't send us attachments, please. No attachments. Yeah, anywhere but you can you can give us the URL. Patrick Beja, thanks so much for joining us on this Liquid Friday. Tell folks where they can find you online and and otherwise. Maybe uh, well, not your I'll limit myself yeah. to online if that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, online, you can find me at uh, patrickbeja.com, where you have links to all my uh, shows and social network activities. And if you like French language, if you like France, Very you can much. go find a number of French language shows at nowatch.net. That's the network that I run with a bunch of friends. So nowatch.net is really awesome. Sounds great. Well, thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Reminder, bricks.twit.tv is the place to go. If you want to be part of our new studio, you want to build our studio brick by brick, put your name on it, come visit us soon, and you'll see your own brick. Take a picture, and we're all going to be so happy. Also, really no show Monday. We'll be back That's on right. Tuesday. Memorial weekend. Come visit us on Tuesday. We'll have reruns on Monday. It'll be great. Happy Friday, also, everybody. Also, thanks, Sarah, for not being mean to me. You're this welcome, time. Patrick. <laughs> Just this once.